Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're talking week 10 of the NFL we are, we are almost there in this fantasy season, only three more weeks after this. So we're really getting down to it. So hopefully you're still listening. If you're still listening, that means you're probably still in the running for the playoffs at least, which is a good thing. Um, you'd be a lot different than Jeff, who is not in the running for the playoffs, at least in the main league. But No, it's painful, but it's true. <laughs> I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up all the time. But we'll do that. But no, it's all right. It's all right. He's still the champ. He has the has the trophy in his near vicinity to prove it. So, and he's going to yeah, grab it right now and show you if you're on YouTube. Jeez. No, I'm going to keep it here because let's just uh, yeah, enjoy our time, our last days together. All right, baby. Yeah, exactly. All right. It is the last days of that trophy for you. So, yeah, it really is. Let's I'm still, just hope COVID cancels the whole season. I can keep her for another year. <laughs> I'm planning on getting it back. I know I'm, I'm, I'm one game out of the playoffs yet, but I'm going to get there. I'm okay, going to get I'll there. Give you, I'll give you this before we go to the games. Uh, Craig has had an incredible playoff streak uh, in our main league. Uh, it is dangerously close to coming to an end this year, but he has ended up. He's trying to, you know, he bought back in. He's trying to make that push, that run. He is dangerously close once again. So I'm kind of rooting for him but not really because all good things should come to an end especially when you know i'm out of it and i, I want the demise of everyone <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm one game out but i'm really two games out because the tiebreak situation so it's a it was a big week last week right? yeah it's gonna be we'll see what happens we'll, we'll but. see only a couple weeks left but getting right. into it here we go let's go talk we'll talk about some games we're gonna we're gonna split these two up today we're gonna talk about six games T- tomorrow's episode we're gonna talk about the other six so we can go game by game here again and get some you know insight into everything going on so let's start it off with a very exciting one it's a great way to start the time start the episode off browns texans what fun 10 to 7 and this is this had a lot to do with the weather this is what's hard to even really talk about because it's the weather was terrible there in cleveland today and because of that, it's just hard for really anything to get going. Except, I mean, I guess you could say, except for the Browns run game. That got going. The Browns yeah, run we, game. We knew it was really good. I think the only takeaway from this game, because I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to brush over it if you don't mind. But, hey, like, you can't really tell too much about the QBs. And no. uh, hey, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller have been doing extremely good lately. And, the, you know, they, they went, each went, you know, 6 for 39, 5 for 38. They couldn't get it going. It really wasn't their fault. Uh, on the other side, once again, Mayfield couldn't do anything. The wide receivers couldn't do much. But, um, hey, Nick Chubb coming back in these kind of conditions and really showing off what he's able to do, 19 for 126 and a touchdown, and it'll show you just how much they ran the ball because Kareem Hunt, 19 carries as well for 104 yards. No touchdown, though. But Nick Chubb coming back and immediately contributing like that makes anyone that had Nick Chubb held on to him feel very, very good, very, very solid about him. He, even coming back like this, he was still, I would consider him the, the main dog. He was a 50-50 split, but I do think Chubb is just slightly better than Hunt, and, and mm-hmm. I think this was good to see because my, the fear coming back was, all right, let's hold back, let's give him nine carries, let's give 20 to Hunt, let's, you know, take it slow with him. But, you know, if you're a fantasy owner, you're, hey, let's step on the gas, see what this guy still has. So that is my only takeaway of this game. Yeah, no, Chubb should have had one more touchdown, but he stepped out on the one-yard line on purpose. So that's rough. 
very rough if you're if you had Chubb in your lineup. But yeah, those are the only, the only takeaway. That was the only players that did much in this one because of how this game went the weather wise. I mean, Duke Johnson got the main work for Houston, but just not much going there. So it was, you know, it's it's tough to talk about this one in a, in in have any takeaways except that those they, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are good, and they're going to probably lean on those guys. So all right, and uh, to move on to the next one, I want to get your your reaction really close because we haven't talked about our hometown quote unquote team the lions so we're going to talk about washington and the lions here uh lions get the win by by a last second field goal how do you feel about this win and what do you chalk it up to it's another game where they almost blew a big lead like it's like come on detroit like what's your problem i don't know what it is they get they get these leads and they almost blow it and it takes Matt Prater kicking a 59 yard field goal, which probably could have been good from 70. My God, that guy's ridiculous, but it's a Lions home game. I don't on the Lions. <laughs> yeah, I don't get, yeah, it's just bad. It's been that way forever, right? It was Jason Hansen and now yeah. it's Matt Prater. It doesn't oh, change. Dude, I, that'd be the, it might be the only Barry Sanders and then, and, and then Hansen. Those would be my top two jerseys to get right. for Detroit. <laughs> but Detroit, they get, they jump out to these leads and then they just almost lose it every time. I don't get it. You know, it's, it's, it's strange. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if they just like, just decide not to play anymore. It's weird, but Hey, they're four and five. <laughs> That's not good, but they're, they're just Here's trying to give us the hope. Yeah. So Washington, I, I, they, they aren't good and I feel like they should do worse. Right. But they kind of hang in there every once in a while with teams. Detroit is not a, like a good team, but does it get like, is there more to Washington uh, and you can talk about the players here. Is there more to Washington than meets the eye? Is that why it was closer? Is that why they're sometimes able to hang in these games? Or is it just teams, you know, taking them easily? Like, hey, it's going to be an easy win. Let's not really try hard. What What is it about this Washington team? I mean, I don't really think they're that good, but they do have well, some good. I don't think anyone's going to disagree. They, 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 have, they have a couple decent pieces to the team, at least with, you know, uh, Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. McKissick, um, Got himself a rushing touchdown today and seven for one forty seven for forty three. I, 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 I know you're a bigger a bigger yeah. fan of McKissick because there is value to him. But every time I swear to God, every time you you bring him up, which it feels like yeah. every week now for for waivers yeah. because they're that thin, he does something. It doesn't even have to be big, but he gets in the end zone. He does something to make well, his self worthwhile. PPR wise, it's just a lot better with those seven catches. He's really killing it there. But you know this, I think I like this um, with Alex Smith. I actually like the team a little better. I like it for McLaurin better. I like it for some of these guys better with Alex Smith. Yeah, I feel he, better about their chances. And he's interesting, right? Because he was the guy we talked about last week. And I said, hey, I really like Alex Smith. And I was talking about McLaurin at the time, right? And I was yeah, I was wrong. I'll just say I was wrong. But seven receptions for 95 yards. And my thought was, hey, Alex Smith is a, a good quarterback. He can be. He was in the league at one point. He was not, you know, uh, he wasn't going to be throwing uh, three touchdowns a game. He's not that type of quarterback. But he's good. Um, and I was kind of wondering, I don't know where he's at. Uh, th- obviously this was a come from behind win. Detroit was up by a lot. So he threw the ball 55 times and, and I don't, you know, they could be down that much, but it does look like immediately he is a sharp quarterback. How does that bolster everyone on the team? Like you're talking about, are you just automatically saying, yeah, they're, they're good. McLaurin is good. Antonio Gibson is better. Is there anyone else on this team that is worthwhile to look with, with Alex Smith, even though he didn't throw a touchdown, but he did have 390 yards, no interceptions, uh, you know, a very solid game. Logan Thomas might become more interesting now um, at tight end with how weak tight end is. 
he did get what? Did he get six targets today, caught four for 66. I think he be, could become a little more interesting because they're going to be down in a lot of games. They're going to have to throw the ball like this. So he's going to get targets. McLaurin's going to be the main guy, though. McLaurin, this just solidifies McLaurin for me as a pretty solid wide receiver two option. And I feel really comfortable with it. Much, much better than I did back in the like Dwayne Haskin days. I'll say that. Yeah. You know? All right, know. Well, I was going to say, if there's uh, the only other one is, hey, on the other side, the one guy I want to talk about first is Deand- or, yeah, DeAndre Swift. Finally. Um, yeah, finally. Uh, what is your takeaway on oh. him having a, a and I won't even say it was like a breakout game, but it was very, very solid because he did it both rushing and catching the ball. What yeah. stood out? 149 total yards, got himself a touchdown. And it wasn't even that. I thought that I thought he had this in him, but it's finally the 16 carries to four carries split between him and Adrian Peterson. Finally, that is like what we've been waiting for. And I think we talked about this. How many times did we, we knew this would day would come, right? This day would come at some point. And finally it did. And Adrian Peterson is pretty good for his age at this point. I'll say he's not a yeah. bad back, but DeAndre Swift is just, he's good. He's really good. And they needed to get him the chance to play like this. And what I love the most about it is his receiving. He's getting catches. He's getting yards that way. He's going to be a good fantasy player here. And people like me who have him as a cheap keeper next year feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one of those uh, ones you love coming at the end yeah, of the year because like you're the whole time you're like, Oh shoot, I'm not going to be able to keep him. I don't know what he's going to do next year. Who knows? It's, you know, whatever it's going to be. I, I almost, you know, I think it just took him a little longer to get into the rhythm, especially with a disjointed, you know, uh, offense, which is the Detroit lions. But I do think that game one, I, I still blame him dropping the touchdown that would have won the game. Uh, it kind uh, of like at yeah. his downfall because I think if he catches that, he starts off on such a good foot and they almost, they went the opposite way immediately. Almost like, here, let's go for the veteran. Let's do this. And then obviously Detroit sucks, but um, it is good to see him do both. I, th- I mean, I really do think he's a dynamic player. I hope that they continue to use him like this. How confident are you that it's going to be this kind of split between DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson? Because people are going to be wondering, can I put him in my lineup, uh, you know, other than a flex position? and expect him to get 15 carries a game and him to be the primary back. You Can you safely say that now? I I want to say yes, actually. Um, I mean, it was even before this game, they did announce that he was going to be the starter. Finally, it was the first time they've announced that. And I think that was their changing of the guard here. I think that was, you know, it wasn't just them saying, Oh, he's going to get the start. Well, it truly, it truly meant it. He got the start and he was the starter. He was the, he was the lead back. And I honestly believe that this is going to continue. He is the best option they have, the best chance they have to win there. And at this point, Matt Patricia needs to win. He doesn't need to play these stupid games anymore. You know, win, win, you have yeah. to win, win with your best players. And he's, he's their best running back. So without a doubt, otherwise, you know, Swift will be used by a different head coach come next year. He's, it still might be. Yeah. I mean, right, without doubt. Um, other than that, uh, just to give you a quick rundown, Matthew Stafford had a good game. He threw three touchdowns, no interceptions, 276 yards. He threw those passes to one to DeAndre Swift, which is once again, what we talked about Marvin Hall and then Marvin Jones. Um, Marvin, Jones, game for Marvin Jones, again, um, he's actually be, uh, without Galladay in the lineup. They definitely targeted him in the red zone a lot. So he has turned into uh, kind of a sneaky flex play at times. Um, other than that, is there uh, not really anything to Man. write home about? Hawkinson Just, had a, dip, you know, uh, kind of yeah. a low point where we thought if they threw it this much, he's been sneaking up everyone's tight ends rankings, but they're so shallow that that is the reason why. It's not necessarily because he got a high volume. He only yeah. caught two catches for 13 yards. He only targeted four times. 
uh, he's going to be up and down. I don't think that you can ever completely rely on him, but he is a young talent that I think will need another year, maybe two, in my opinion, before mm-hmm. he's like, he could turn into a every game lock and load someone of that first tier caliber that is very, very shallow right now. Right. And he's, I don't think he's going to be Kelsey, but you know, Kelsey Kittle, one of but, those guys. I mean, but remember, uh, list, but. <laughs> I mean, but you look at players like Kelsey who took how, I mean, the first couple of years, oh, yeah. Kelsey wasn't Kelsey. Like it happens at the tight end position all the time. I always think back and this is kind of dating me, but I always think back yeah. of Vernon Davis, who was a, a very high draft pick that went to, was it San Fran? Yeah. Um, and it took, and he was, he was a freak athlete and it still took him like three, four years before he really became, you know, Vernon Davis and, and played really, really well. But you take him this high and it's very difficult for a tight end, especially because you're thinking mm-hmm. produce right away. Gronk is pretty much the only tight end I've ever seen produce immediately. And even he needed like one year to really get into it. Exactly. Unless I guess, you know, yeah. But anyway, enough about tight ends. All right. How about uh, Packers uh, Jacksonville here? Packers barely pulled this one off. Um, not the greatest performance for them, but 24-20 win. And so because of it, I mean, it's Rodgers was fine. 325 yards, two touchdowns. Solid game from him there. But he ran one in, which yeah. made his day pretty well. Aaron Jones didn't do a lot. It was, a, I mean, at least from the ground game. He gets the receptions, though, so it keeps him uh, not quite 100 yards, but that's where, you know, pretty solid there. No touchdowns. But it was mainly uh, Valdez Scantling here. Four, four catches for 149, boosted by a 78-yarder with the touchdown there. So big day for Valdez Gantling. Adams gets himself a touchdown, eight for 66. You know, so it was – they didn't win by a lot. They didn't play that great, but this is still actually a decent fantasy output for most of them, even Jones. Jones was the worst case, and he was in standard scoring. He's still nine point – what, like 9.5 points, which isn't isn't great, but it's you'll, you'll take it, you know, if it's that's as bad as it'll get, but – Valdez Scantling, big game there. No Alan Lazard yet. We still think Alan Lazard will be back next week. But if he is, I don't know what it means to Valdez Scantling. This is Valdez Scantling does this stuff. Who knows? I don't. Yeah, he's so untrust. He, he's not trustworthy yet. Yeah, I, that was going to be my question because you know when it comes to waivers, people are going to see that giant game and they're going to say, "Well, I'm going to grab him." You know, something's going on. How do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, I don't feel good about it at all. I would not pick him up personally. No, I mean, he, I guess he's back. he's probably an option, but I don't love that at all because we've seen this from Valdez Scantling. This isn't a new thing from him, and it's not necessarily next week he goes one for three or something. You know, it, it's it's not it's just not consistent enough. So, I mean, I'd shy away from picking him up. I just wouldn't wouldn't do it. Right. But uh, Jacksonville side of things, really um, not much fantasy relevance here except for James Robinson again, under nine yards on the ground. No touchdowns today, but under nine on, yeah, on the ground, only three receiving, but 112 total yards. He just keeps, you know, getting it done. And he has literally all the volume for Jacksonville. They had 23 carries. They all go to James Robinson. And that's what you love to see. Uh, Chark, four for 56. Keelan Cole at five for 47. Caught a touchdown. And he actually uh, got a punt return for a touchdown as well. Um, Jacksonville, though, it's pretty much uh, James Robinson. You start him every week. And then the rest of the guys, I still don't – DJ Chark, a lot of situations, I still feel like you probably have to start him, but I don't really feel comfortable with it. And hopefully you don't have to start him, actually. I'll say that. He gets ranked as like a two or a three most weeks, but it just doesn't feel comfortable. You know? Yeah, um, I would I would consider him. And I, I like DJ Chark, I believe. Yeah, I do too. In the talent we saw what he could do last year, it's just – once again, it, you know, and also the QB situation, right? I mean, 
uh, was uh, Luke um, who's a QB that started <laughs> yeah. Jacksonville? L- I, I, I like how I know it's Luke yeah. Stoughton, Stoughton. Anyway, um, but hey, yeah, I can't I can't trust him. He would be a kind of a, a wide receiver three for me, a, a flex play perhaps. I do think he has touchdown upside still, but uh, I can't trust him whatsoever. And it's too bad. He was one of a, a guy that, that I thought was being undervalued, but for the reason that, hey, what is your team going to do? Yeah. All right. How about Giants-Eagles? Giants win 27-17. Wow. This, is, this NFC East is just terrible. They're really, really – it's a really bad division. The Eagles are still first place in that division at 3-5-1. Uh, Mind-blowing. It's crazy. That's It's bad. Uh, for the Giants, um, Daniel Jones threw for 244, no touchdowns there, but he ran one in. So, and 64 yards on the ground. Wayne Gallman ran two in. So, if you played Wayne Gallman, just out of necessity, he gets you 53 yards, but he runs two in. He gets a, it's a pretty solid day there for you. How about that? Dude, Wayne Gallman has been someone that I got lucky with, and I had to start him one week, and I just kept going. Um, but he has been incredibly productive and I, I won't say, you know, spectacular or anything like that, but they're using him and he's getting in the end zone. Uh, the last few games he's had, was it? He's, he's had at least one touchdown in the last four games. Yeah. Do you keep using Wayne Gallman? It doesn't seem like anything they do is going away from him. How safe do you feel about putting him in as a flex or, or to, you know, kind of buoy that, that running back committee that a lot of people have that, you know, it, Probably got hit by injury this year. I think he can be a solid flex at this point. I mean, getting again, he's not great, but he is the guy they'll use on the goal line. He gets the touchdowns, and sometimes that's all you all you need, right? That's what what you look for. So yeah, you gotta love the numbers too, because I'll just start when I mean, really, when he started playing, right? He got ten attempts for thirty-four yards and a touchdown, twelve for forty-four and a touchdown. So, and once again, this is a very consistent through line because the yardage is not huge, but he always gets one touchdown. 14 for 68 and a touchdown and today 18 for 53 and two touchdowns. So the, you know, the average of of the running back is very inconsistent, but at the same time, 10 to 12, 14 to 18. That is, he just keeps trending in the right direction of how many attempts they give him. And I don't care if the guy is only averaging 2.9 carries or 2.9 yards per carry. If the guy is getting goal line carries, Rich would, would, you know, will make that go down anyway. But if he gets in twice, I don't care, man. You you know, Mike Allstat mm-hmm. back in the day. I don't care if you have one yard if you have two touchdowns. It's, exactly. It makes it worthwhile. Nope. Uh, receivers today for the Giants. Uh, Slayton, five for 93, six for 47 for Shepard, and Evan Ingram disappoints with two for 15. So that's why you, you don't trust Evan Ingram at this point. Uh, for the Eagles, man, I don't know. This team just is a disappointment all around, right? Wentz. Nothing, nothing going for Wentz. 208, 21 to 37 for 208, no touchdowns. Just not good. It was bad today. Um, Sanders, 15 or 85. He was fine with the 85 yards on the ground, 10 receiving, but, you know, 9.5 standard. I mean, he's fine. It's, it's, you yeah. would like to get a touchdown that went to Boston Scott and went to Corey Clement. You'd like those to go to Miles Sanders, but hey, it is what it is. And then the receiving thing, you know, Travis Fulgham, we thought he was becoming a player. And he goes one for eight. Dallas Goddard only four for 33. Jalen Rager, four for 47. The leading receiver with yardage was Richard Rodgers, four for 60. Just not a good game. This Eagles team just isn't that good. No. no, And that's the saddest part about all this, if I just go to uh, Dallas Goddard, is for a stat line of four for 33 
And I believe in my ranks, I had him like fourth or third or fourth because I just yeah. don't trust anyone. Uh, and even with that, he still did better than Evan Ingram and he did better than Hawkinson. And he did better than a lot of these guys that might've gotten ranked above him. And it's that true. is how thin tight end is this year. I just it's want bad. to point out. So even yeah. though he did not do well, he's still going to be, you know, relatively high. <laughs> well, speaking of like how bad tight end is, it's actually in this next game, we're going to talk Bucks Panthers. They have a tight end named Colin Thompson who caught one touchdown, one catch for seven yards. He got a touchdown. He was number 10 last I saw in the ranks for the week. So, you know, oh, yeah, great. one target and he's in, he caught, catches one target for seven yards and he's the number 10 tight end for the week. But so the Bucks uh, beat up on the Panthers here, 46, 23. Wow. That was a way to come back from last week's just ugliness against the saints, which um, just still really doesn't make sense. After you watch this game, Brady, Brady really bounced back. And 28 for 39, 341, three touchdowns where he and ran one in as well. He's been putting up like, you know, last week was so bad, but he's put up a lot of these big games like this. So he's the top quarterback for the week as of right now. And this is a really good week for Tom Brady. And then yeah. he's, he's not the only one. Ronald Jones gets 23 for 192 and a touchdown bolstered by his 98 yarder, which was yeah. ridiculous. Even, but even without it though, he had almost yeah. hundred yards. Sorry. I was just saying, it's still yeah. a good day for him. And, the let's be honest, the split between him for, for yeah. him and Fournette was getting very close. And Fournette only got eight carries for 19 yards. I, I do have to say, he Ronald Jones desperately needed this in order to put some breathing room between him and RB number two. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Jones is still the go-to guy. I never, you'll never be able to tell whether or not he's going to have a big game. This is going to be the dangerous part about having him now, though. He could have this big one, but look at the weapons and, and what Brady was able to accomplish. Uh, we thought maybe we'd see this last week. We did not. This week, they got up a ton, right? I mean, 341, three touchdowns. And the people he's throwing these two, like, first of all, uh, his two tight ends, right? So they're both going to be up there. But Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski. Thank God Gronkowski is starting to show up. He's catching mm-hmm. a touchdown, it feels like, every game now. And then the other touchdown went to Mike Evans. And then the other two, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. I mean, Chris Godwin went six for 92, Antonio Brown seven for 69. They didn't get a touchdown, but obviously they're still relevant, especially in PPR. I mean, with those five guys that you can throw it to, how much do you believe in Rojo or Leonard Fournette and going forward, even though Rojo had this huge game? Because uh, you got to start wondering what mouths do they feed first? I was starting to worry about Ronald Jones, obviously, but I honestly, I think a game like this is what gets – you know, let's them they'll start. He's going to be the guy here. Last week, what he last two weeks, he's not really done. My last three weeks, his carries are starting to go. But I think it, yeah. in a game like this, I think sometimes could just change the tide on things and give him a chance here. So it gets uh, Rams next, Kansas City. Probably the part that really sucks about having the Bucks players is that week 13 bye. That's that's frustrating. But um, I think Ronald, I mean, Fournette hasn't proved anything these last couple of weeks. So. He just there hasn't been anything from Fournette to say that he needs to take away this workload from Jones. It's just not happening. So I feel comfortable with Jones. I mean, at this point, I guess I mean you're starting Jones, you're starting Godwin, you're starting Evans, you're starting Brown, you're starting Gronk, right? I think you're starting all these guys. And maybe Got Brown. It. I think Brown's going to be there. I mean, for week game two, he's back and gets seven for sixty nine in his second, only his second game back after a year and a half. I feel pretty confident, but he's going to start. It's going to start getting better and better. Oh, man, really, he had the know. second amount of, you know, the second most amount of targets, too. Yep. I mean, behind uh, Mike Evans, who had 11, then it was Antonio Brown with eight. Yep. Uh, actually, that was a very interesting one. 
if you know it was like you know mary f kill but it was uh godwin evans brown how do you feel about them finishing out the year who would you actually want who are you like the guaranteed starter yeah why don't we do that uh this is a dumb game to play right in the middle but, but why don't we go um uh why don't we go start bench trade oh so stupid but okay. I, I, why not i'll see where this goes this is tough man um I just said that about Brown, but I don't know if I want to start him yet. <laughs> um, man, this is this is this is the toughest. This, these ones are extremely tough. Um, you know what? Give me a second. Let me think about this here. I'm leaning towards still benching. I'm still leaning towards benching Brown only because I need to. We just need to see. Even though I think it's coming, I think this is gonna. He's gonna start really playing well. I need. I just need a little bit little bit more yet from Brown to see it. So I'll keep him on my bench yet. I think I would start Godwin actually and trade Evans because Evans to me is still volatile in more of a touchdown way. And that's where I start to get there with Evans is I feel like it, I feel like he's still more, I think I don't feel as comfortable with him. Godwin has been back for what, two weeks now. And last week was his first week back. He didn't do a lot. And then he gets six for 92. And he showed before he's going to get, he would get more targets and catches usually than Evans. Evans had more you know, targets this week, but Evans, for some reason, there's something about him. I feel like I'm waiting for that one for two game again. And yeah, I think, you, I think I want to get value from Evans. I think you can still get some good value from him. This is a tough one, but I think I'd start Godwin and bench Brown and trade Evans right now. But I think you can make an argument for a bunch of different ways in this one. Honestly, that's how close these guys are. Yeah, and without doubt, I think this might be the first time where I could see a spot where I could start three wide receivers on one team. I don't know if I've ever had that before. It's getting, it's getting close to that. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of is very interesting. So how about the Panthers side of things? Teddy Bridgewater, 136 through the air, two touchdowns, ran one in. Uh, he, did, he got hurt in this one. We don't really know the status of that yet. We'll wait and see what happens there. Um, Mike Davis, only seven carries, 32 yards, four catches, 12 yards. We'll see if McCaffrey's back next week. That'd probably be good for the Panthers. DJ Moore gets his normal four catches for 90 some yards. Gets a touchdown though this week. That is DJ Moore's stat line all day long, isn't it? I mean, he yeah, has I, had yeah. he has done that so many times. That's what he does. And he gets a touchdown this week to make it more worthwhile. Uh Robbie Anderson disappointed though, four for 21. So and, and Curtis Samuel started to get a little Curtis Samuel hype there the last couple of weeks, and he really <laughs> comes comes out with nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Nothing from yeah. him. So that that ended that ended the Curtis Samuel hype, right? I think that's gone. So, all right. How about this will be the final one we talk about today here? Raiders Broncos. Raiders beat up on the Broncos here, thirty-seven to twelve. Uh, Derek Carr didn't really do much at all. <laughs> he didn't have to. He only you know just didn't have to. It was just the way the game worked. And they ran the ball twenty-one times with Jacobs for one hundred and twelve yards and two touchdowns. And then the game was out of hand, and they're using Devontae Booker who goes 16 for 81 and two touchdowns. So Devontae Booker has been actually done this a few times lately, which is getting, you know, last week he had eight for 68 and a touchdown. So they, they're using him as well. Like he's almost at this point, uh, Jacob's owners should go pick up Devontae Booker for a handcuff at this, I think right now. I was going to say, there's only a few valuable handcuffs anymore. And I think he's one of them. Unbelievably, Devontae Booker is one of them. Yes, I think if you're a Jacobs owner, you need to go pick up Devontae Booker at this point. Um, you really would have liked those touchdowns to go to Jacobs, those extra touchdowns. But hey, he, he had plenty. He had 
he had enough. He had enough for the day. Um, the receivers didn't do much because they just didn't have to. This was out of hand, and they just ran the ball. So it's hard to really get anything from this. Waller three for thirty-seven. Rugs three for thirty-one. So really, not much to go from the Raiders. They're six and three though. It's a that's pretty impressive for John Gruden there. I think he's got them playing pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I think they're a pretty solid team. Yeah. yeah. Broncos. Broncos are not very very good. I feel like at this point, Drew Locke, two hundred fifty-seven yards, a touchdown, with four picks. Um, start looking to play your defenses against Drew Locke, I guess, and the Broncos here. No, he had a good game last week, and he he was one of the names that we floated as like a deep streaming yes. option possible. It did not, and it's kind of a strange one. I mean, he this is going to be one of those games he really wants to take back. Four interceptions, I don't care how you cut it, is just terrible. Um, and Jerry Judy, even though he had that big game last week, we're wondering if that could continue, even though obviously with four interceptions, it doesn't leave you a lot of wiggle room. But even with that, he did have four for 68. He was targeted eight times. It does seem that he is a, a guy that is up and coming, which is good to see. Uh, Jerry Judy, if people lost faith, he, mm-hmm. he might be out there on the waiver wire for uh, some people. If not, if he's on your bench, he might become useful. Um, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how this is going to kind of play out. They're not going away from Drew Locke, obviously. I think he's going to be very volatile. He's going to be very mm-hmm. up and down all over the place. Um, so that is going to be the driving force behind him and the wide receivers. And they do have Tim Patrick as well, four for 61. You know, he catches touchdowns and he kind of has this. I, I don't think anyone's going to get a huge amount of, uh, of catches on this team. It just doesn't really work like that. Um, a couple of one, one more thing that was good to see KJ Hamler. Um, he is a speedster that was in the draft and we were kind of waiting to find out how they're going to use him. Finally. I mean, this is a weird game, right? Because they're throwing the ball a lot, but he finally got a lot of targets kind of out of nowhere. So he got 10 targets. He only caught four of them for 50 yards. He doesn't need a lot though, in order to make it worthwhile. And he was finally kind of getting past some of these guys that, uh, you know, like Deshaun Hamilton and, and people that were kind of on the next tier. Um, so yep. I think he's finally taking his place in the offense. So he's going to be an interesting one to watch. Uh, I don't think I would pick him up on waivers yet, but he is one of the last people left on waivers where I'm kind of like, okay, let's wait and see. Let's find out if he's worth something. My question yeah. to you is going to be about the running back situation. Yeah. So we talked so, about how we were not uh, confident on Melvin Gordon yeah, the rest of the year. I'm not at all. How, how do you feel about this? He didn't, I mean, it didn't look overly bad. He didn't get to run a lot, but 11 for 46, but, and, and no one else really got a whole lot of, you know, carries Philip uh, Lindsay did get four carries only turned into two yards. How do you use their running backs moving forward? I don't want to use the running backs going forward. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I don't want to use Melvin Gordon unless I'm forced to because of bye weeks and he's in my flex. I don't want to play him. I want to, if, and hopefully he's in your flex. And if I'll, I'd like to find a receiver somewhere. I, I just don't want to play them. I don't want to play these running backs. And Melvin Gordon, I mean, you just don't know if he's going to do anything. So the last week he was six for 18. So what was it? This week, let's say. He was 11 for 46, no catches. Last week, he was six for 18, one catch for nine yards. The week before, eight for 26. He had six catches, so in PPR, sure, it's a little better, but only 21 yards. Even his good week then against Kansas City was 17 for 68 and a touchdown. So he was he was playing better early on in the year. Then they had the bye, then he missed the game. And since he's come back from that, he's just not been any good. And I don't want to play him. I, I don't want to play him. He's playing against Miami next week. Miami's been pretty good, actually. 
Um, New Orleans at Kansas City. I don't want to. I don't want to play this guy. And you know him and him and Le'Veon Bell have just put a blueprint together on how to ruin your career by holding out. Like, <laughs> like come on, guys. Like, think you're better than you are. You hold out. You want all this money. You don't get all the money. You leave your team where you're in a good situation, and you suck. So there you go. How about that? Yeah. Well, it could still work out for Bell. He might get all that money, and he might win a title. Who knows? We'll find out. True. But all right. That'll do it then. You know what? I feel kind of disappointed this week. Um, the Cowboys haven't played, so I haven't got to say Mike McCarthy's a moron yet. But there we go. I got it in. <laughs> Take your time, yeah. I got it in. So I just wanted to get that in before the end of this episode. But all right. That'll do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. We've got the last, the other six games we haven't talked about. Um, actually, maybe seven. Well, maybe seven. We also have uh, uh, Patriots. As we talk right now, Patriots, uh, Ravens are still playing too. So we'll talk a little bit about that one as well. But that'll be it for today. Talk to you guys tomorrow.